Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And finally, the last part of this is what he's building as far as a team chemistry, you know, as far as fan base goes. But it's, it's his closeness with the players, unlike some other owners that we know in the past. It's, he's treating them almost like family, and this is his take on this. Well, you know, listen, they're people, right? And and just like at point seventy two, you know, I, I care about my people. And and you know, other people have said, eh, you shouldn't get that close to the players and uh, you know, I would do it differently. And I don't agree with that. Um, I think there's I think it's important to have a personal touch. Uh, I think that matters. It shows you care. And, you know, my wife feels the same way. And so it's just the way we are. And I'm gonna do it my way. So uh, and it works for me. It's worked in the past, and I'm going to keep doing it. My only issue with this, I got, a, I got a couple of things that are potential issues. First of all, I've heard rumors that Jacob deGrom had no interest in being, you know, friendly with the Coens, and maybe that made it easier for the Mets to let him go because there wasn't a personal touch between Cohen and deGrom, which to me, it doesn't matter. Like, your decisions need to be made on what helps you the most on the field. Same thing. If you do have a great relationship with a guy and they suck, now what are you going to do? Not trade them? <laughs> what are you going to do? Not want to get rid of them? So I don't know. I, I can't say that's necessarily a bad thing to have a good relationship with players. But at the end of the day, it's a business, man. At the end of the day, you have to perform. And if you don't perform in this town, you got to make business decisions such as getting rid of somebody. I don't necessarily want a guy to sign because they had a good dinner with Steve and Alex Cohen. I'm not saying that's happened yet. I don't think Justin Verlander signed because they had a good dinner. I think they signed because the guy won the Cy Young last year and the Mets offered him a boatload of money, but I don't know. I'm not sure what the right answer is when it comes to the personal touch with a roster. Well, let me, let me put, ask you a question. All right. We, he seems like he's tight with the team. It sounds like it's all fun and games or whatnot. Right now you said it wasn't really close to Jacob DeGrom, but the next big piece 
on our on our puzzle is basically Pete Alonso, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he could be all fun and games, but we just saw Corbin Burns basically call out his uh, his franchise saying we went to arbitration and they dogged the hell out of me. They basically told me the worst about me, and it's kind of tough to take the way that they didn't have to say some things, but they did because I understand their goal is to try to cheat me out of a couple hundred thousand dollars here and there. Like I know Steve Cohen's not going to be the guy to do that, but still, if if and when they get to an arbitration case or they have to get to a point where they don't don't want to give him top money that he wants, there's going to be Steve. You're the guy who's paying the bill, right? Yeah, I think when it comes to arbitration, you got to be smart. And I've always wondered this: if you're in a fight over eight hundred thousand dollars with a guy that you want on your team long term. It ain't worth the fight. It just isn't. You know, I know this is the worst comparison ever, but I'll give it to you anyway. The other day when Tiger Woods was forced to apologize for something he he didn't need to apologize for. He made a freaking joke with a buddy of his in handing him the, the box of tampons because he outdrove him. My point on the air wasn't Tiger needed to apologize. My point on the air was sometimes it's not worth fighting. You know, sometimes just apologize. And so... I, that was my view. Just, yeah, freaking apologize. Not because you should, not because he needed to, but because why deal with the backlash? It's not worth it. And I, we got a caller right after that. I said, Evan, you sound like a married man. Yeah. 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 You're right. There are certain fights that could get worse with your wife. And I think to myself, what? Why the hell would I fight over this? This ain't worth it. There could be another fight down the road where I say, no, 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 honey. I am going to Mets Cardinals on a Tuesday night. But why am I going to fight with her about who did this with the laundry? Take your L and move on. It ain't a big deal. Live to fight another day. So in Tiger Woods' case, of course it was foolish that he had to apologize for that joke. We all know that. That's not my point. I'm just saying, just give them what they want and move on. Because sometimes... It ain't worth fighting. So if you have a player on your baseball team, I'm going back there, who you want on your team long-term, and you're fighting over $800,000 in arbitration, think to yourself, is this worth it? So what the Mets did really wisely with Pete Alonso in his second-to-last year of arbitration is they made a good deal. They made a deal. It never went to trial. Pete got his money. He seems pretty happy. You don't want to fight over it. Now, we saw this with Aaron Judge at the end of the day. Can you overcome it? Yeah, obviously. If at the end of the day, when it's all on the table in free agency, if you outbid everybody else, you're probably going to get the guy. But in the case of Pete Alonso, there's no point of effing him over in the meantime. It's just stupid. So what the Brewers did was foolish, but... They're also not a big market team. Maybe to them, $800,000 is a big deal. I don't know. But with Pete, here's what I think I know about Steve Cohen. I think he's a businessman. And I think he's going to make a business decision. I think they made, I I truly do, as much as I bring up uh, the the DeGrom-Cohen non-relationship, I think it was pretty simple with why they let him go. They didn't think it was a good business decision. That's it. They they saw Jacob DeGrom. They said, we're willing to go three years and pay him a lot of money, but we're not going to go much further. They didn't think about franchise icon, maybe, as much as I did and you did. 
And I think it's going to be the same thing with Pete Alonso. And what scares me a little bit about that is something we've talked about on this pod, but we don't make a big deal of. We talk about it and we say, ah, yeah, it's stupid. And that's how the war treats him. He doesn't have a high war, right? That scares me sometimes because you don't know what a front office is looking at. So is this front office viewing Pete Alonso the way that stat views him, which is good, but not great? I, I don't know. And, and that's why I always say this to my dad, because he hates these new stats, hates it. And I said, but here's the problem. Front offices look at it. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So we could ignore it as much as we want because we don't like it. But if the teams we root for are judging decisions based on these stats, then maybe we should know these stats. Otherwise, we're not going to have any idea why they're judging players. Why is this guy here, but that guy not here? So I think Pete is criminally underrated when it comes to war. That's my opinion. What does Billy Epler think? What is he going to tell Steve Cohen? When push comes to shove and they are talking about a contract, do they view Pete Alonzo as strictly a number or do they view him as better than that number and also a lifelong met a guy who has a chance to own every record in the history of this franchise when it comes to position players i don't know and that's the part that's a little scary in thinking about pete alonzo and his future on this team so the one thing i've 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 you read the tea leaves right you saw Lindor, obviously, they've made, they made a huge commitment to, and that was because they traded assets and they felt that they needed to make a splash. Okay, fine. Nimmo, they signed to a long-term deal. D- Diaz, I guess, a longer long-term deal for a closer five years, pretty solid. But that's basically what they have on the plate right now. I mean, the p- starting pitching, I mean, think about Verlander and Scherzer. It's like two-year deals, two, three-year deals tops. Oh, yeah. Do you see them? First of all, two questions. A, do you ever see them committing long-term to a real ace, like a Garrett Cole type or whatever it is? And B, can you see yourself or see them eventually say, you know what, Pete, if you want to take the, we're not going to commit this long of money. We're going to try to keep on bringing up prospects. We're going to bring up prospects. We'll commit to somebody, a first baseman that's, you know, for two years, maybe we'll give him 50 mil over 50 to 60 mil for two years, but we're not going to do a long-term contract of for a first baseman. I, I don't know how they view Pete. I mean, if they view him the way I was describing, then they're not going to give him a nine-year contract. Like you just mentioned Brandon Nimmo and how they took care of him. Let's go back to this stack. Cause I think, I do think it matters. Brandon Nimmo had a higher war by a lot than Pete Alonzo. It wasn't even close. So if you're valuing a player based on that, Brandon Nemo's better. He is. But in the open market, what's Pete Alonso going to demand? He's going to demand more than what Brandon Nemo just got. You know, last year, and we watched every game of every, every moment the Mets had last year. Would you agree that Jeff McNeil, Francisco Lindor, 
Max Scherzer and Brandon Nimmo were all more valuable players and brought more wins to the Mets than Pete Alonso, because according to baseball reference, that's what the war told them. So if this is a strict numbers game, then Pete's going to struggle getting that kind of contract from the Mets. If Steve Cohen says, look, I do have some emotion in this business and Pete sells a lot of jerseys and he's the face of the team at LFGM, then maybe they will give him more than what the numbers would indicate. But I don't want to overthink the Alonzo stuff because he does have two more years left. Like he's got a whole year this year with the team. He's got next year with this team. And if he gets to free agency, which I hope he does, and I hope they lock him up at the end of this year or even now, like next week, I think we worry about it then. But like I said with Manny Machado and with Shohei Otani, that's a year from now. We worry about it then. In Pete Alonso's case, that's two years from now. We worry about it then. And keep this in mind. The year Pete Alonso's a free agent, Juan Soto's a free agent. And if the Mets are going hard after Juan Soto, we're all fantasizing about that, and they prioritize Juan Soto as a free agent, then who knows where Pete ends up? Then maybe he does become the first baseman for the New York Yankees. I don't know. I use that as an example just to piss you off because you never know. Yeah, it's kind of dirty. That that was unnecessary right now. We don't. But when does Anthony Rizzo's contract run out? Doesn't. Yeah, I mean, it's basically the same thing. Yeah, they get like a two-year deal out of that. I mean, that's 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 the thing is though. Well, maybe they'll bring him into the the Mets. I mean, that, that's that's. But that's the the talking point is to me. They keep on with the free agents. It's always a two-year deal with a third-year opt-out. Two-year deal, third, three-year opt-out. Well, that, a little but bit longer. But but that's that's for pitchers. And I think the the thinking behind what they've done recently is they don't have top-line pitching prospects. You know, even David Peterson and Tyler McGill, not that the top-line pitching prospects aren't even going to be in the rotation this year. So I think when you we've heard about Steve spending big until the kids are ready, I think it's a lot of it is I need to fill out a pitching staff. I mean, what is this staff unless they're buying guys? And I think with pitchers, especially at the advanced age of Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer, it only makes sense to get them on shorter-term deals. This reminds me a little bit of the Cubs uh, from six, seven years ago, where they had such a great group of position players, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Javi Baez, and they bought the pitching. They went out and said, okay, we got all these position players. Let's go buy some pitching. And that's what they've done. And we pointed this out uh, a few months ago during one of the offseason pods when we were looking ahead to all the pitchers that are available over the next couple of years. There are a lot of really good pitchers. Like Max Scherzer can opt out at the end of this year. And I hope he does, because it means he had a great year. So not looking for him to leave, but Scherzer has a great year. He's going to opt out. He's a businessman. Well, guess what? Luis Severino could have a great this year, great year this year. Julio Urias could have a great year this year. Those are just a couple of names of guys who become available in a year from now. Max Fried, you mentioned Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Shane Bieber. Like, there's a lot of freaking options, but that's a year from now. To quote the first clip we played from Steve Cohen, I'm not thinking about next year. But the bottom line is this. We are still in that honeymoon phase with our beautiful leader, Steve Cohen. We hope you enjoyed a little pop-up edition of Rico Bronia. We'll be, we'll be, we will be back for the Wednesday night into Thursday morning edition. It usually drops late Wednesday night. Maybe you're downloading it Thursday morning, in which we examine the roster of this team and we make our official predictions 
right before games begin in spring training of what this 26-man roster will indeed look like. Thank you for listening to a surprise edition of Rico Bronia. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronia podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times. 